Manx Radio's Countryside is brought to you by NFU Mutual. Hello and welcome to this week's Countryside programme here on Manx Radio. I'm Simon Clark. And I'm Kiri Kermud. At the weekend, I popped along to the Heighton Riding Club annual show and I also caught up with Sheila Gorn at Poolvash. I took a trip to the Tin Bath and Snake Races held by Ramsey Rugby Club at Moorick Park. And also, I spoke to Dylan Walton, whose wonderful achievement in climbing Snake Fell has raised a lot of money for charity. Well, we'll come on to Dylan later in the programme, Kerry. Absolutely marvellous uh, performance that he did. He's raised thousands and thousands of pounds for Rebecca House. So uh, I managed to get him up to the studio and have a chat with him. So we'll hear that later in the programme. But uh, firstly, you've uh, gone to have a chat with Sheila Gorn. Sheila, a very busy lady indeed with all of the farmer's markets that she attends and also the farmer's den farm shop there at Poolvash. I actually popped along to Poolvash just before Milken to catch up with Sheila and see how the lockdown has been. Well, a bit of a different show day to normal. The Southern District show should be happening right now. What a year it's been. Yeah, we usually have a catch up on the show field and (laughs) the Southern show. So yeah, totally different and uh, totally surreal really. uh, We've missed it. There's no... uh, um, markers for each of the uh, the events that have gone on so we won't have a royal show either so no we're going to miss out on catching up on some of the skis <laughs> and that's it people do use the shows as like you say a marker in the year and catching up and what a year it's been how have you found the whole lockdown process well from the farming point of view we still had to uh, carry on plod on and get up in the morning milk the cows and feed the calves and all the livestock and weed the veg field and plant the veg so yeah it's just been a normal day for us really just but like I say no actual markers throughout the year to mark where we're up to each day and week seems to be blending <laughs> into one just yeah that is exactly it but with it came the support for local produce and like you touched on Sheila you at Pool Vash Farm here grow a lot an awful lot of vegetables with the Farmer's Den Farm Shop and the, and the Isle of Man Farmers Markets how have you found the support for local food? I think people have actually realised what there is out there now because they've had to. Um, unfortunately, things haven't been able to be imported in, onto the island. So now it's looking for local and they have been quite good in supporting the local uh, businesses, which is really, really good. And how did you find people's reaction? Because some people were, were unaware that we have farmers markets, that we sell produce at the farm gates. I bet you met some interesting people along the way. Oh, it's been absolutely amazing. Yeah, there's been a lot of new faces coming to the farm shop, also to the farmer's market. And they have actually realised now just what can be grown on here on the island and what is available um, from all the small producers out there on the island. And do you find people will or have stayed with you? Obviously, now we've returned to some kind of normal in the Isle of Man. We're in a very, very lucky position. But, you know, will they remain supportive? Some people have. Unfortunately, some people have had to return to work and (laughs) quite a few people have been disappointed because they thought it's absolutely great because they can't usually get to a market um, but have just had to go back to work. So they've been really disappointed. But we have retained some of the the new customers that have come and found us. And uh, yeah, they have been supportive. So that is good. And I just hope more will continue to come and find us. And I think with the whole carry-on that's happened, people have realised how important local food is, local food security. Um, you know, Food maybe isn't on their priority list as it used to be many years ago. 
Well, I think that's quite right because now they can't go out. They haven't been able to go out for a meal the same. So food to them, you just go out for a meal, you just buy it. But now they've had to stay at home and actually prepare the meals themselves. So it's taken a whole different perspective to them that, yeah, we do need food and we do need it locally. And what people are forgetting that across in the UK, um, there was a lot of flooding. So there's thousands of acres that are having to lay dormant this year that won't be planted because of all the toxins in the in the soil. So that will stay fallow for 12 months at least. And on top of that, part of, with the Brexit thing, um, you've got a shortage of pickers, about 70,000 Eastern Europeans that would normally go pick and pack the veg and fruit to go into the supermarkets. They aren't there now, so hopefully some of those that have lost jobs or have been on furlough will go out and help these producers to pick and pack the fruit and veg and put them in out there for the consumer. Well, and that is it. And have you changed any of your ways? Obviously, through April, it is planting time. Did you think there, I better add a bit more of something else. You know, have you ch- adapted your business or changed your business in light of these changes that are happening in the UK in particular? Well, we did always plan to put more in this time and we were hoping to do that. But then, of course, we had the drought conditions. So we were just held back on what we could plant because things weren't germinating and if you put the seedlings in they were just getting burned off so we had to hold fire so I've still got part of a field that I have got to sow and plant but just keep putting more different varieties of things in so that people do realize what actually grows here on the island um, some more of the uh, um, Chinese type varieties salad varieties of, of veg also, different coloured carrots and beetroot <laughs> and add a bit of colour to things and liven things up a little bit. But, yeah, it is a matter of just getting things out there and growing the good old basics as well. And we grow about 15 different types of potato. But, again, you have to to compensate for what the weather's going to be like. Mm-hmm. But the purple or blue potatoes and the red coloured potatoes are very popular. So, yeah, that adds a bit more interest to a meal. <laughs> Absolutely, even I didn't know you could get that many colours and varieties, Sheila. But it just shows that, you know, a little bit of ground, even these people at home now have planted up window boxes or small areas of their garden. It's gone full circle, hasn't it? People are really trying to interact and do a bit more. Well, that was one of the things that we got vegetable plants for sale earlier on. And people were actually having a go to plant themselves, the tomatoes, cucumbers, peppers, everything that they could grow maybe in a window box or on a, the windowsill in the in the kitchen. And they're, they're having fun. Yeah. And they're finding out, you know, sort of what it's like, or how difficult or how easy it is and just teaching the kids as well. Yeah, and I think that's important because it's the educational side. I, I always say about it in agriculture, producing beef or lamb or pork, mm-hmm. how important it is that they know where the food comes from so they can make their choices. You know, if they wish not to eat it, so be it, but they have an informed choice. And I think that's it. We've got so far away from where our food is grown and how it's produced. It's quite scary. Pardon the pun, but we need to go back to grassroots. And that is where it all starts. And I think this, um, the COVID has taught people to do that and yeah they are making informed decisions on what type of food they want to eat where they want it from and they're becoming more aware that yeah local is important 
Yeah, I, I think that issue of, of food security when uh, Tesco's shelves were running quite empty and then all of a sudden they realised they needed their local farmers and growers to, to step up. I, I think that's what most of them did. They did. And, you know, hats off to all of them. And thank you to everybody that did that and just hope you carry on doing that. But yes, we, we, we've been there for the public and I just hope the public are there for the farmers. It, it needs to be a two-way street. We will supply more if you want the demand, if you demand it. Yeah, and yeah. that is what we hope to do and we hope you realise that we are here, we can supply a bit extra if you want more. And where can people, uh, obviously here at Pool Vash, they can call to your farm gate, Sheila, but other areas, you, know, you have your farmer's markets running most weeks? Yeah, there's five farmer's markets um, going, so yeah. Um, and plus there's other um, small farm shops, some of the local uh, smaller shops take produce from small producers, Things like honey, eggs, veg, you know, bread, you name it, goat's cheese. There's all sorts that the local um, smaller shops, village stores will take and they are available there. Yeah, absolutely. So this is now time to reflect, Sheila, on what a year it's been. We're obviously far from out of the woods with this COVID. It's still affecting lots of areas. How is the farming going? You, you grow crops, obviously, and the milk and too. Yeah, it's, um, as you say, we're still far out of the woods now. It, it is very much uncharted territory. We are just going to have to play everything by ear and see how things go. We still produce the milk and all the veg and everything. That Just carry on with that. Um, so, yeah, it, it's a hard question, really, because we don't know what the future's going to hold. That was Sheila Gorn from Poolvash Farm there in Castletown. Excellent. Uh, here, Sheila, she's been one of the the stalwarts behind it and all supporting and the produce for the farmers markets and everything and just mentioning there about the, the covid times but sold it on oh she did indeed yeah. they all did all of the the local food producers did battle through that and and one of the images that will remain with her was when she uh, opened the the clubhouse doors at colby there and seen lines and lines of people in the early days of that coronavirus uh, lockdown and she did think my golly are we going to cope with this but uh, they're memories that she'll keep and, uh, yeah, remember for a long time to come. Yes, well, we've all had memories of the tin bath racing at Castletown. Well, it moved its way to the north of the Isle of Man. Different sort of formats, but the tin baths were there, as well as the rubber rings for the snake race as well. It was all put together by Ramsey Rugby Club. And I spoke to one of the organisers, Dave Harding, first. Well, that's a bit of a different event for you fellas. Yeah, yes, sir. We've got a lot of help from Castown Ale Drinkers and uh, it was meant to start off last year as an inter-rugby competition but a lot of rugby teams had stuff on so uh, we turned it into like a Ramsey-based comp and we had six teams but this year, as you can see, uh, we've got 20 teams involved and it's got bigger and better. It's incredible, isn't it? I thought to myself, well, it's a, how many people know about it and how many people are going to make their way to the Murak Park here. And, I'm surprised a lot of people in, a lot of people taking part, as you said. Yeah, we've got 20 teams of six people in each team, so there's 120 people taking part. As I say, they're going to bring people to Royal Ramsey in the sunshine. But And it's quite, a, well, it's not unique, because obviously you've got the Castown one, but ours is set up as a team challenge rather than individual, so uh, they're getting points of finishing in positions in the snake race and the tin baths, and as you say, points make prizes. 
moment. Are, are they all uh, involved in the rugby, or are they from all sorts of oh, lives? Oh no, it's uh, it's all uh, from all Ireland. We've got Keyside Fitness in. We've got a work team from Ronaldsway Aircraft Company. We've got a, a couple of Thai places in Ramsey. I forgot which ones they are now, so I'm not going to say the name because mm-hmm. I get it wrong. Uh, we've got Douglas Rugby Club are down. We've got about four or five teams in from Ramsey Rugby Club because we're locally based, of course. And uh, Ramsey Dog Club, who've got themselves down as Ramsey Doggers. <laughs> uh, the singular. <laughs> uh, we've got a team from the dentists in uh, female nurses from the dentist they're all in so uh, good variety yeah there. good variety it's yeah. not just rugby based it's uh, all sport it's work and different environments yeah, but stuff. a good safe environment in the in the in the lake here as well but uh, some shivery people but they, they're keen yeah. enough to do the snake race and then the tin baths is, is that the sort of events that they can go in yeah each member is in the snake race because there's six people in a snake and then uh, Four of the team have to have a go in the tin bath. We, we found out last year that everybody wanted to have a go in the tin bath, so we reduced that down to four people. So uh, they got a challenge and they don't have to take part in the tin bath, but they can still have the, the fun and participate in the snake race, which is just as much fun, really, if you're watching. Yeah, and of course, uh, hats off to the rugby club as well, all got involved. Plenty of help from your side of it? Yeah, we've had help from uh, lots of people. I've had uh, Chris Higgins from Monarch Rupin, he's come down, he put the scaffold up with Danny at 8 o'clock this morning, yeah. putting the scaffold up. Ramsey commissioners have uh, helped us, they put the barriers and extra bins down. Conrad's pizzas, if I'm allowed to mention names, are putting prizes up as pizzas t- towards the end. It's been a good community spirit and considering we've only had like three weeks since, or well, four weeks since the lockdown lifted and uh, things have all gone pretty crazy. Yeah. All right. Well, you're a, a busy man, no, so we'll have, to, we'll have to leave you to it. Well done to you and your team, anyway. Dave. Yeah. Cheers, Simon. Thank you. Well, let's talk to some of the competitors in the tin baths today. Then, what's your name? Amy Carswell. And uh, how have you done today? You've, you've already had your yeah, go, have you? Came third in the tin bath race just then. Yeah. Well, have you done it before? No, never. Yeah. Uh, so third's pretty good. You must yeah. be pleased. No, I thought I was going to sink straight away. To be honest, <laughs> <laughs> I'm pretty happy. Is it? Is it more difficult than you thought, or? Um, no, it was quite. It was all right, to be honest. Like I was quite far away from everyone else, so I didn't get anyone's water on. Um, no. Yeah, no, it was better than I thought it'd be. Well, you've got some friends here as well that are going to yeah, go James, out. Yeah, just going to have a go now. Oh, let's get a chat with them then. You've not you've not done this before now, have you? No. Well, you're looking a bit shaky. <laughs> I'm freezing. <laughs> <laughs> and you've not even been in yet? I have, yeah, we've done the snake race. All right, yeah, so, so yeah, is it, is it cold in that water? Um, yes. <laughs> <laughs> but you've, you've never done the bath racing before. No. Have you had any advice? Yeah, just go for it. <laughs> yeah. You're not worried about sinking then? No, no, it's not deep. Yeah, so it's, it's encouraging those lot of people here today. Yeah, it's good fun, good yeah. day out. What about the snake race? Was that tricky? We were enough? last week. Somebody put that pole in our way. <laughs> oh, no. But all good fun. All good fun, yeah. All right, well, well done. All right, good luck. Thank you, thank you. Well, Chris Callow, I think you're chairman of the Castletown Ale Drinkers Society. I am, yeah. <laughs> I've been for the past few years now taking over Jed Clayton, which was a big step to take. But, uh, yeah, we seem to be doing all right. And we've uh, got to stay up here in Ramsey with Ramsey Rugby Club. So it seems to be going well so far. Yeah, it's a, a bit unusual for you, I suppose. The usual haunt is Castletown Harbour. It is, yeah. What it was, we, we got invited to Carfest um, for a couple of years. And then last year, 
and we couldn't go because of restrictions on the lake so I spoke to Dave and just said how do you fancy doing something on the park up there and spoke to Ramsey commissioners and they were all up for it spoke to the venture centre and yeah it was just so we tried it last year and then we've gone bigger this year so yeah and I've been talking to a few people around about who have who've never entered the tin vats in Castletown you know the famous uh, world champions and everything but they're having a go today and there's plenty of friendly advice getting given yeah. some not so clever I would think uh, yeah it's amazing just how many people from up north don't actually know that tin bath exists and we've been going for 49 years now so yeah it's quite shocking but uh, we, we're getting a few more down now and a lot of entries coming down from the southern one as well so it's 22nd of August so we'll uh, that's, that's that's the main event that we've got so, yeah but yeah. you must be pleased with the amount of people that's wanted to take part because it's a sort of a different sort of format uh, you know so Dave was telling me with the snake race and the combined tin bat team one so a little bit of difference there but you must be pleased with the people that want to take part in it. Absolutely brilliant I mean last year when we set it up we said that we're, all we're going to do is just do a team an inter-team event so we were sort of rugby clubs against football clubs and stuff like that and now we've got businesses that are wanting to race against each other and you know so we're getting a wider collection so it's been working really well really good and we've got a lot of the old cats up here watching it now thinking that it's absolutely brilliant that we're taking it on a bit of a tour and getting it going so yeah but uh, it's uh, all looks good fun and you know maybe next year I'll have a go on it myself well if you want to sign up for it we can get you in in August for a bit of a practice <laughs> well. if you want and then yeah but you must good. it must be a, a good team though in the Castledown Ale Drinkers to, you know to to organise the one in Castletown which is a big one yeah. and helping out with this one the one, the one in Castletown takes a lot of our time you know we, we don't get paid for it it's all voluntary um, you know, there's risk assessments and everything that we need to do and all the guys behind the scenes, you know, it all happens on the day, but we've got a big team, you know, we've got about 20, 30 people that all help doing this. And again, with Dave doing this one, you know, we only turn up and run the races, but Dave has been working hard on this one to get it going and yeah, it's worked really well. Well, Andrew Cumman, uh, you've uh, had a, a decent enough day, haven't you? Yeah, we've had a lot of fun. We uh, did all right in our snake race and um yeah, it's not quite as cold in there as you think it is, actually. It's, it's, it's all right. It's, uh, you're not, not on the full wetsuit, then? No, <laughs> no. No, we just, just went for the beach shorts, and, um, yeah, I think it's good. It's, it's great, and there's a good crowd down watching it, so uh, we're having a lot of fun, really. Yeah? Uh, snake race is a sort of bit of a secret to that one, too, or just um, go for it? <laughs> <laughs> I don't think there's a lot of a secret to it. I think, um, yeah, you've just got, got to try and get as a straight a line as you can. Um, you know, the few of the guys we've seen have been veering off to the side and crashing into each other. Uh, if you can avoid that, I think you get you get to the finish line pretty okay. And, yeah. are, you, are you done for the day now? No, no, we've got uh, another... I think we might be in the final of the snake race, actually, as we, we won our heat for Key Fitness. And then, uh, there's I don't know, there's like a Tim Bath final. and So, yeah, no, it's a good day. Well good advertisement too because all these uh, keep fits in your gym and everything and yeah, yeah. and uh, it obviously is paying off yeah well yeah we, we've got to do our best haven't we but yeah we've got two teams out today so uh yeah the bit of competition between ourselves really and uh just basically having a bit of fun good stuff good luck in the final thanks very much well a very successful day out at the murick park in ramsey there ran by the members of Ramsey Rugby Club and some great supporters uh, in amongst it as well, taking part in a pretty nippy, cool uh, <laughs> lake at the Moorick Park, but uh, very, very well organised and a great event. Lots of people there. Brilliant. And you didn't get dragged into it, Simon? No, not this time. Mm. Uh, <laughs> maybe next year we'll have a go at it anyway. 
But we spoke at the start of the programme uh, about the remarkable achievement uh, that uh, young Dylan Walton has done. He's only eight years of age and uh, he suffers from cerebral palsy and uh, it was a remarkable achievement on Saturday for him to start out a journey at the bottom of Snape Fell and started actually at the NSC and raised a load of money for charity and managed to get to the summit. Let's hear from Dylan. Well, congratulations, Dylan. You've uh, been on a big adventure. Uh, tell us what you did. I uh, climbed up Snape Elm. So it's even more of an achievement for you because you suffer from cerebral palsy, don't you? Yeah. Yeah? Have you had uh, many times in hospital? Six times in hospital. Six times. Wow. And are they making you a bit better every time? Yes. Yes. When? What time did you start your walk at? Nine. Nine o'clock at night? In the morning. Oh, in the morning. Okay. And what time did you get finished? Ten to twelve. Ten to twelve. Wow. That's quite good going. It takes me that long to walk up there as well. And was it snowing or anything like that? No. No? Raining? Sun shining. Bit windy and foggy. Oh, a bit windy and foggy, was it? Could you see anything when you got to the top? Uh, no. Oh, now I've seen some videos of you crossing a little thing at the top when you climbed onto the monument at the end. And how did you feel then when you crossed the finish and got to the top? Awesome! <laughs> awesome! Good stuff. And what was the, the purpose of your climbing, Snaefell, then? Raise money for Rebecca House. Raise money for Rebecca House. And how much have you raised? One pound or or two pounds? How much so far? Over eleven thousand pounds. Eleven thousand? Get away! That's more than your dad's got in his pocket. Eleven thousand. And what's uh, what do Rebecca House do? Help children with disabilities. Oh, do they? Oh, right. Well, that's a wonderful achievement, isn't it? What about your your next... Were you tired afterwards? Were you sore? No! No? Not even your legs? Nope. No. And who who walked up there with you? Nanny and Granddad! Yeah? And did they get get tired? No. No? They all made it up there? Yes. Well, that's an amazing amount of money, and there's still more money coming in, I heard. So, what what else would you like to do to raise some more money? Snowdonia! What climbs Snowdonia? Yes. Wow, we I don't even know where that is. Is that near Derby? Wales. It's in Wales. Oh, right. That's a little bit further than Snaefell. Well, listen, everybody on Facebook have all sent hundreds and hundreds of messages. And for you to walk up there and raise £11,000... I think I'm going to give you a round of applause as well. Well done, Dylan. Thank you. Dylan Walton, raising over £11,000, Kiri. My goodness me, what an achievement. I can't even remember the last time I climbed Snowfell. He's putting me to shame. My golly, what an achievement. It it certainly is. You know, he's had a tough battle uh, in his eight years so far, but uh, he's soldiering on with great spirit. And I'm sure, you know, the amount of people that's got behind him with this, you know, this will spur him on even more. What an inspiration, really. Snowdonia, yeah. You're listening to Countryside here on Manx Radio with Kiri Kermode and myself, Simon Clark. Well, we were talking uh, about money raised there, and uh, last week 
Craig Brinkley from Snaefell Garden Services had the open day at the garden, if you remember me talking to That's him right. last week. That's right, yes, I do. Uh, he, they managed to raise over £1,700 that day with, the, with their open garden for the air ambulance. So well done, Craig, and your team for, for that. Uh, OK, our last bit then was involving horses, Kiri. Yes, um, fearsome beasts they are indeed, but I popped along to Great Meadow on what would have been the Southern Show weekend to a show with a bit of a difference. The Heighton Riding Club had their annual display of in-hand, ridden and fun show. I caught up with some of the organisers and competitors on the field. Well, who do we have here? Uh, hi, this is Emma Redmond. And Lexi Looney. Well, congratulations, the two of you come out of the arena with a red rosette. What kind of effort have you had to do to get in this competition this, this morning? Um, well, quite a lot, a lot of bathing and uh, making a very dirty pony white again. <laughs> and uh, this pony for our listeners is very, very white. Yeah, she's uh, her name's Dinky um, and we've had her about six months, haven't we? Um, but this is our first show that we've done with her, so um, to come away with the red rosette we're made up, aren't we? Oh yeah, she's been very good, isn't she? So, Lexi, how does it feel to be sat on top of a pony three foot off the ground? Because you're only little. Mm. You enjoy it? <laughs> yeah. How old are you, Lexi? Six. Six. Are you not afraid to be sitting on top of this pony? No. <laughs> <laughs> so, Emma, as a mum, you must be very, very proud yeah, of her really. today. And what kind of, you know, exercises have to go into to have the child to perform as well? Because she's only young, six yeah. years old. Yeah, definitely. I mean, it's all about um, building her confidence as so she's happy on board and they get to know each other, but they're forming a great partnership. And, um, you know, Lexi does love it. Her confidence is growing all the time. So um, to come here and then, you know, obviously do well and, you know, even just have a good day and the pony behave and Lexi has a good day. That's what it's all about for us. It is yeah. Absolutely. And yourself, have you always been a horsewoman? Yes, I have, yeah. Yeah. I have a horse who's, who's recently retired, but um, yeah, definitely um, it's in our blood a little bit. We love it. Yeah. And that's obviously filtered through in the, the smile on Lexi's face here. Absolutely fantastic to come away. But the rest of the day, the day is only young. Have you yes, got more classes? We have. We've got a few more. I'm just trying to work out the schedule what's next. But um, yeah, just make sure we're organised and ready for the, for the next ones. But um, I'm glad the rain has stayed away, which makes a big difference. Yeah. Megan, well, the weather's held with it for the heightened show today. What a day, absolutely fantastic. Young and old, how has it been on the organising front? Um, very short notice, obviously, with everything that's gone on. Um, we've used my riding life for the first time, which has worked out pretty well. Um, so generally, yeah, pretty good. Yeah, that's it. But it takes an awful lot of effort, a lot of cooperation and coordination, isn't it, to get everybody in the one place, especially after all the restrictions have been lifted here in the island? Yes, definitely. Are the, the people that are practising here today, I obviously see them in the warm-up rings and then obviously going into the rings, sessions like this, does this give them experience to go away and compete in the UK? Are sessions like this really beneficial to the rider? Yes, definitely. Um, we were originally going to plan um, an affiliated show that we were going to have in May, but obviously that got cancelled with everything. That would have been qualifiers for UK championships from various different clubs. Um, unfortunately, that couldn't go ahead. Um, Heighton is all about grassroots. That's what we've always aimed at doing, um, is giving people a place to start to move on up and go places and do things and, and compete more on the island. It's more about learning and experience. Obviously, today's ended up being quite a mixed bag. We've still got our fun show ring to encourage people that haven't been out showing before. And we've got two bigger rings um, of more formal show classes as well for people that just needed to get out with everything that's gone on that's not 
lot happening. So that was the idea and that's what we've done and it's been a massive turnout we're really really happy with it oh absolutely but these girls and boys will have been on their horses in lockdown throughout lockdown are they yeah, been in their full training regimes would they have carried on all the work as if it was going to be a normal year like how does it stand now with obviously nothing to really aim for will it be just rolled over for next year um me, a lot of the big shows like hoys and everything are cancelled this year now um they're not going ahead um, in the UK. I think a lot of riders did not work the horses during lockdowns. The advice was not to. Um, so people have, have had to get the horses out and get them fit and get them going again with things picking back up again. Um, you know, ev everyone's been different. Everyone's been different. Yeah. Penny Harris, your first competition here at Great Meadow. And you are sat on, who's this? Belle. Belle. What did you think of your first competition here today? Good enjoy it yeah and did you win any prizes yeah what did you get one white one and three blues oh my word and your mom is very very proud of you jenny congratulations first show with a four-year-old yeah they've, they've done quite well so inexperienced <laughs> pony and inexperienced rider but we're, we're still on board and smiling so <laughs> that's all you can ask for this is absolutely fantastic but you know all about it jenny you've competed many a year in the southern district area whether it's at the show or at great meadow yourself yeah, mostly riding. So this is my first experience of lead rein and not being on board myself. But um, it's a whole new world mm -hmm. to, to do. But yeah, Penny seems to be enjoying it. So that's all that's important. And you look very dapper <laughs> in your tweeds and your posh <laughs> feather, feathered hat. Absolutely stunning. And, and this is all part of it. Yeah, turnout's really, really important at something like this. So kind of getting pony right, the right plaits, the right turnout for the classes you're doing, um, right jackets and everything else. So there's quite a lot that goes into just getting here. Well, this is it. And like you said earlier to me off air that you were actually a rider yourself, but now with the children, with your profession, it's just no time left. No, absolutely no time whatsoever. So I just think we can just about manage one pony at the moment. So I'm happy to stay on the ground and let the kids have their turn now. Well, a fantastic day for everybody. Oh, there's, and there's loads of people here and everyone's having a nice time so that's that's good sienna congratulations you won oh oh the pony's trying to eat my muff <laughs> sienna congratulations well done thank you and who have you got here what's your pony called barbie barbie and what did you have to do to win this competition um i acted to try my best and try and lead barbie really well and wow. promise her some treats after. Oh, I see. So there's a little bit of bribery in it. But how do you feel? How does it feel to get that big red rosette? It feels really good mm. and nice. That's good. A lot of hard work has gone into getting this pony ready for today, I could imagine. Yeah. Yeah. What would you have to have done this morning? What time were you up? Um, I can't remember. <laughs> Far too early, but you, I bet you were really excited, were you? Yes. Yeah. So what about the rest of the day? Is that you finished now? Um, I've got two more. Two more after lunch, but they're riding. And which is your favourite part? The in-hand part with, with Barbie or the riding? Uh, probably it's going to be the riding. Yeah, yeah. And, and how old are you? Nine. Nine, goodness me. So Barbie and yourself will be riding this afternoon or are you going to use a different horse? Uh, still Barbie. Still Barbie. Best friend? Yeah. Oh, Sophie Fibbing, well done coming out of the arena with, with a red rosette, which everyone wants. But what a strong class you're in. 
Yeah, it was really strong. Um, Evie behaved really, really well. Really pleased with her. And Barnaby rode like a little star. Um, is borrowing his brother's pony at the moment because his is injured. Oh, um, no. But <laughs> she, yeah, she, he rode really well and she did, she did me proud. So what do they look for in that class? Obviously, the, the top four in particular, where I, where I, when I just arrived, looked really magnificent. Yeah, so it's kind of behaved, well-behaved ponies that aren't kind of like tearing off. Um, under control, um, riders riding well, they're only like up to age nine, so they're the little ones. Um, but yeah, just well-behaved pony, nice turnout of pony and rider, and nice combination. So you say about the uh, the pony, obviously this pony looks immaculate. <laughs> what effort goes into getting them prepared, Sophie? There's a lot, so there's lots of brushing and we lunge her quite a lot with the boys on her or just off her as well. Um, loads of brushing, loads of cleaning. Loads of, yeah, lots of prep. I, I know a lot of people have been bathing ponies yesterday in the weather that we had, trying to kind of get them nice and clean and shiny for today. So, And today, Sophie, of all weekends, would have been the Southern District Agriculture <laughs> Show, which you and, and Sam are heavily yeah. involved with. Oh, what a shame. No, I know. But it would have been nice weather for a change as well, which is <laughs> a bit of a pain. No wind and no <laughs> no torrential rain. Um, but yeah, it would have been, it's, it's a pity. But at least we've got this on yeah. next door. So it's, it's it's nice it's a little bit part of the southern show i suppose yeah. and with it being at a great meadow estate as well what a great venue yeah it is a great venue they've got it set up really well um yeah really really good really pleased with it sam you're in charge of the fun part of the show but this class has over a dozen entries in it it's a stiff competition this is the championship for all the in-hand classes that we've done throughout this morning so you've got all the first and second prize winners from the classes that we've had the throughout today um, and the judge is now choosing which ones she thinks are the best and the second best out of uh, the winners today. The fun show is more a part of um, bringing kids on for unregistered horses and ponies that are perhaps registered with the breed society and for instance children who might be just getting into it getting them out and getting them to do a bit of shows so that they get the experience. And, and that is the case. There's some real little tots in there, Sam, but uh, here we go. They're, they're on their way out now. We'll have to catch a few words with the judge. <laughs> Tina, a tough job you had today, a judge. I know. My word, what a I class know. of beautiful horses. I know, it's lovely and it's a fun show. So you kind of look at things a little bit differently to what you would do if it was um, a posh one. Um, but the little roan there just has been beautiful all day one prettiest mare as well so absolutely um, gorgeous and yeah. a little young handler at the front of it there too yeah it's nice it's just nice to be able to sort of spread it around and give everybody a chance and you know you, you look at the faces and it's just nice it's lovely and then the big horse um went really really nicely and it's you know it's on loan from a ride in school so um, yeah, it's nice, and at least the rain stopped. <laughs> this is it. But yeah, two great examples, and like you say about the children, the smiles are just from ear to ear. It's just so hard. It's really hard to judge, and you want to give them all first, but you, <laughs> but you can't. <laughs> Sometimes it's so hard. This is it. But you've been involved with horses throughout your whole lifetime, Tina. Yeah, not not recently. I so I've come here today, and I don't know anybody. I've um, been out of it for a long time, but yeah, I used to do it, um, compete, and go across. So uh, it's it's nice. It's nice to be back and just see everybody again and see the horses and ponies. Well, Vori Kelly, a busy day here at Great Meadow. Not quite the Southern District show, but uh, definitely a show here. Look at the presence of people. Yes, uh, very good. 
There's loads of cars, loads of people, loads of ponies. <laughs> um, not quite the PA system that we would have liked to have. Oh, no. It's just going a bit, not going just quite far enough and some are just missing. But never mind, it's a show. And that said, Rory, we've got two or three classes in front of us here. Everyone is having a really great time. What's it take to put a show on like this? Oh, I wouldn't know where to start, really. Um, plenty of supporters, plenty of people that put rings up. Um, just everything, really. A lot goes into it. It's nearly a year getting it organised. And yeah. this to you, Vary, is a very special day as well, in memory of Norman. Yes, it is. Um, we did have a show last year, which was Norman Kelly Memorial Show. Um, he did a lot for height and he was always here. He was always chunnering. And <laughs> <laughs> but it's just nice to have a trophy for somebody to go home. I mean, Jo Nichols won it last time and she said, I couldn't be more delighted. Oh, yeah. So whoever wins it today, well... I'd be delighted for them. Absolutely. But it's fun for young and old, either the fun classes for little ones that are maybe just getting to grips with their ponies and then you see the, the able-bodied riders that maybe are maybe stuck on the island this year. Um, no, they can go out now, but they have to... There's nothing on away. All Ponies UK, Royal International, they're all cancelled, so there's no qualifiers. So it's just a case, I think, if more or less they're staying home this year. Um, which is good for us. We've got a good show. Yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah, and you know, real great thanks to Great Meadow for letting us come here. Um, and the venue is lovely. There's a road round it. It's flat. <laughs> yeah. We did think that the M and M classes would have been an exceptional entry, but no, they haven't been. There are a lot of coloured here today. Um, there's a lot of first ridden lead drain ponies there's just a bit of everything which is good i think i've just watched the um m&m class with um sophie vivian and barnaby and they took they took the red rosette but she said this morning the pony was terribly naughty you know you just don't know the minute with them do you no you don't know the minute they're like a thing that's going to explode <laughs> at any moment but mind you cattle and sheep cattle are just the same um unless you work 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 you don't get what you're asking for so you have to you know it's not just a thing you come into the show to school your pony you need to school it at home and what kind of hours would go into to, you know getting a pony to this standard um small kids and ponies um, half an hour lesson is long enough for them yeah uh, they can't neither can take any more and the thing is um as Wilf White, the show jumper, used to say, what's in the brain goes down the rain. And ponies, if the child is not happy, the pony knows it's not happy. Yeah. And you just have to work away at it and get over the situation. So I suppose if some of these little children are nervous today, Vori, would that pony sense that today? Yes, they would. There's lots of ponies here today that have never been to a show. Um, so it's all new to them. It's all buzzy and... They get used to it, yeah. After a while. And how many more shows through the year of Heighton got? Um, obviously, these these children are getting to grips with it now. They'd obviously want. To, when's the next one? Oh, we've two fun shows um, on the cards, so they're quite good. Um, they're always well attended. 
Heighton always started off as the grassroots um, for kids, sort of going from Lee Drain and that's what we sort of specialised in and now it's come to fruition today. That was some of the organisers and competitors at Great Meadow for the Heighton Riding Club annual show. I bet you they were all glad to get out and about and have an event. They really were, Simon. It made a, a huge difference to some of those little girls and boys that were out for the first time this year and some of them their first time ever at a show as well. What a wonderful turnout, as you heard there from some of the organisers. Yeah, none of them got on the horse backwards or anything. They've <laughs> forgotten how to ride them. Some of those horses are a little bit naughty. There was an odd child getting flung here and there, but they got up and got back on. Well, that's the only way to do it, I suppose. Lovely. Um, don't forget that you can listen to the programme again on the podcast on Max Reader's website and hear the full interviews on the podcast as well. That's the benefit of that. We'll be back next Tuesday with more from Countryside. So from me, Simon Clark. And me, Kiri Kermit. We'll see you then. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.